Hello and welcome to a Smashing Theory, the ultimate prediction podcast for Super Smash Bros. and other video games. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And today, viewers, we're not the ultimate prediction podcast. That's true. We're just the ultimate podcast. <laughs> just the best one out there. <laughs> yeah, just the best podcast of all time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> this is... This will be a bit of an off-format episode, because we're in the middle of some kind of slow news weeks. Yeah, we're past the big E3 hurdle, and now here we are. Past it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so while we're cooling our heels, we put up a vote on our Patreon about what kind of episode we could do while we were waiting for some juicier stuff to predict, like Evo coming up and all that. Mm-hmm. And the winner wasn't prediction-related at all. The winner <laughs> is something called What Else Have You Been Playing? And it's us talking about the video games we've been playing besides Smash Bros. lately. Good job, patrons. I was hoping this would win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was one of my front runners. I was looking forward to this. So, before we get into that, this is still a Smashing Theory episode, so uh -huh. we still have corrections from the previous app. Okay. First of all... Elf from Elf, his name is Buddy. Of course it is. Yeah. I'm just going to keep calling him Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we forgot about that, and we just called him uh, Will Ferrell and Elf <laughs> uh, alternately. Right. And uh, yeah, his name in the movie was Buddy. Okay. Pokemon stopped using the phrase, gotta catch them all in their marketing in 2003. All right. Starting with the uh, the Ruby and Sapphire games. Okay. And then they did not use it for three generations. Generations three, four, and five did not use Gotta Catch Them All in the U.S. Gotcha. Uh, they briefly used the phrase in marketing for Pokemon XY in mm -hmm. 2013. And I think they even had, like, kind of a remix of the original Pokemon theme song for that <laughs> season of the anime. Right? All right. That was, like, very, like, a groovy kind of, like, funky, like, Gotta Catch Them All. Uh, like, you know, like, yeah. like that's just kind of in the, in the reprise. However, they stopped using Gotta Catch Them All again by the time Sun and Moon came out. And with what's going on right now, you better believe they're never using that <laughs> slogan again for the rest of time. <laughs> yeah, so uh, although it is obviously a very infectious catchphrase, mm -hmm. they have not used it as much as one would think. Right. I said that Tropius was in Pokemon Sun and Moon, but they didn't really do anything with Tropius. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Tropius okay. wasn't even in Sun and Moon at all. <laughs> it was just a Lolan Executor. However, Tropius did get added to Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Uh. And uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't get anything significant. Mm -hmm. But it is the only Pokemon besides a Lolan Executor that can learn the move Dragon Hammer. Uh. And it learns it by breeding with an Alolan Executor. Okay. So if you if two different palm trees get busy, <laughs> then you can you can do a thing with one palm tree that you could previously only do with a different palm tree. Dad, what's Dragon Hammer? <laughs> uh, well, I'll show you. Thanks. <laughs> that's that's it. That's all I've got, actually. <laughs> oh, good. I was, it doesn't I, get any funnier than that. I I'm glad. I thought you were gonna be like, Dad, what's Dragon Hammer? Oh, well, that's what I gave to your mom. So. <laughs> I should have done <laughs> and that. that's why you can do it, too. <laughs> I, oh, God. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't have put the end on there. But, yeah, no. uh, 
and uh, the recipe for a cake in Minecraft. Fuck, man. All is, right. Is three wheat, one egg, three milk, two sugars, and they need to be placed in a specific order on a three by three grid. Right. Sean, you got kind of close uh-huh. when S. I think you said this is a joke. Also, you didn't actually know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're that's just accurate. Like, you're just like let's celebrate with a Minecraft cake by mixing together wheat and sugar. So you got two of the ingredients right. Okay. Out of the out of the four. Sure. So good good job. Thanks. I did I did say I would bring it up in corrections, and here we are. You sure did, and here we are. <laughs> incredible how how things work like that. Even more incredible. Uh-huh. We said last episode, various third-party companies had three representatives mm-hmm. in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and most had at least two if you didn't count Echo Fighters. Right. Uh, we brought up Microsoft with Banjo as an exception, obviously. Mm-hmm. And another exception we brought up was that Simon and Richter are the only characters representing Konami in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. So if Richter did not count because he was an Echo... Konami only had one rep. We did say that. We forgot that Solid Snake was a thing. To be fair, so did Konami. (laughs) (laughs) Did did you have that joke, like, ready since you read the outline? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we did forget about that, uh, which is ironic because he was the very first third-party character ever. Right. So, our bad. Thanks to everyone that pointed that out. Yes, indeed. All right. Well... Uh, at this point, we do news, but there ain't none. Uh, yeah, half the point of this episode is that there isn't really any news. <laughs> right? Uh, there was uh, they they showed some new Pokemon stuff. There's Gigantamaxing now on top of Dynamaxing. Right. I yeah. did see that. Yeah, and I at least see potential for the Gigantamaxing thing to be neat. Sure. I like the way it changes the way some Pokemon look, and uh, I do like that they each get brand new moves that seem really powerful competitively. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's 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 basically just slightly less interesting mega pokemon yeah that's the thing is that like you know now that i'm totally immersed in this drama and i've been seeing what everyone's complaining about there is you know there is a sense in which i feel like well i i would really rather just have more mega evolutions than dynamaxing at all i i think i agree with that yeah however they did introduce a new pokemon called duraldon right duraldon maybe sure. that looks kind of like uh like an inhaler got turned into a dragon <laughs> and and if that thing is not going to gigantamax and look like a big fucking mecha godzilla kaiju thing mm-hmm. um <laughs> like then what's the point <laughs> yeah that like that's gonna happen and it's gonna be rad okay yeah. I'm, I'm ready for that i'm yeah. here for that yeah that's that's my prediction in this episode where we're not predicting things. So, what else have we been playing? Good question, Daniel. We've been playing some video games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert, all of mine are JRPGs. <laughs> <laughs> One of mine kind of is. Okay, yeah. And the other, and another is made in an engine usually reserved for JRPGs. <laughs> uh the, the other what? I can I cannot tie to this. Theme I was going to say, why don't we just get into yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you want to go first, or shall I go first? Um, I'm fine either way. Do you have a preference? No. Okay. Well, I'm first on the outline. Why don't I go first? Go for it. So I've been playing a few games uh, the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. 
I have always continued to play Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. <laughs> right. But, uh, but you know, like, kind of same old stuff is happening in there. They keep doing events, adding new characters, like, and anything new I can say about Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links is kind of just an update. You know? Right, yeah. Like, the, the status quo hasn't been shaken much lately. Sure. They did do a raid event recently, and the way they implemented that was kind of cool. But, okay. But but other than that, it's kind of same old, same old. All right, look, guys, I'm not going to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> except that they did a raid event, and, uh, you know, just the same old stuff. Like, uh, like they do, uh, I don't know, they do this, they do that. Uh, Kaiba shows up, and he's like, uh, Yugi. You know, Is so, that what uh, you think Kaiba sounds like? I got your cards, man. <laughs> I stole Exodia. What are you going to do? <laughs> You're a third-rate duelist with a fourth-rate deck. <laughs> Out of all of the the Kaiba things you said, one of those is the thing that Kaiba actually did, which is the third-rate duelist with the fourth-rate right. deck thing. Kaiba never stole Exodia. He stole he stole his grandpa's blue eyes white dragon. Weevil Underwood. Oh crap, Weevil. Something. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't look at me. You're the Yu-Gi-Oh lore master. Yeah, I just I haven't. I don't care about Weevil. But Weevil <laughs> was the one that took uh, Yuki's Exodia cards I and see. threw them off of a boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, anyway, so I will continue to not talk about Yu-Gi-Oh. All right. Dual Links. Um, except that I am still enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, so am I, Yugi. <laughs> Is that still fucking Kaiba? <laughs> to be clear, I have heard Kaiba's voice before. <laughs> I know that he sounds nothing like that. I just want to make sure that we're that we're straight on that, Yugi man. Here's uh, give give me a Kaiba. You're a third rate duelist with a fourth rate deck. Yeah, he he sounds like like a bit like a bit higher register and like breathier than that. Yeah, the problem is when I go that far back in my throat and I project that much, I can't go any You're higher. You're a third-rate <laughs> duelist with a fourth-rate deck. Oh, okay. He, yeah, uh-huh, he, uh-huh. We're, he's kind of in between us. Right, yeah. yeah. If, we, if we could just fuse into one horrifying being. Yeah. Yugi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really, I like doing I like doing the Pegasus voice more. Well, of course you do. Yeah. Yugi boy. <laughs> <laughs> I can see right through your cards, Yugi boy. <laughs> Anyway, done talking about it's it's a slippery slope for me, man. I know. Like if I start talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelings, I don't want to stop. I know. <laughs> Which is why I didn't put on the outline, but I couldn't help myself. Try living with him, guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um a segue, if you will. Alright. I tried out a different mobile free-to-play trading card game style thing wow. this past week uh tried to mix it up and that is a game that just came out uh capcom's teppin <laughs> which is the worst name they could have chosen <laughs> that this calling their card game teppin would be like if the if Microsoft came out with the Wii and then Nintendo came out with the Wii U, you know, (laughs) it just inspires in me a level of confusion and apathy that is unprecedented in the history of naming things. Right. You think it'd have something or anything to do with Tekken, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's by the street fighter guys (laughs) (laughs) who are not the Tekken guys. No, nothing to do with Tekken at all. Like I was telling Sean, it's like the name just sounds like someone 
with a hello voice is trying to say to him. It's like, hello? Do you Lu- play Tepin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. However, the game's neat. Yeah, no, I've, I've played a little bit of this, this myself. Not as much as Daniel, because on the first day that I was playing it, uh, it crashed. <laughs> yeah. And so then after that, I was like... It's still like, a bit buggy, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, well, that and then also, like, I tried to go back in, and um, I wanted to make a deck, and I just had that kind of new card game experience of like, oh, fuck, there's a lot going on, and I don't feel like figuring it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. So I'll, I'm, I'll try it eventually, but tell me, you know, because you played it more, what do you what do you think altogether? Uh, I I think it's neat. You know, it's it's not going to dethrone Duel Links. Sure. Well, obviously. I mean, nothing could. <laughs> I feel like something could, but nothing has. <laughs> right. Nothing is likely to. Yeah. Uh, although, like, I, like, I, I'm starting to get a little bit of Duel Links burnout. Like, this, mm. after this past event, like, okay. I had to kind of, I had to kind of drag myself to do my dailies the past couple of days, you okay. know? I, although this isn't the first time that's happened, and I tend to <laughs> jump right back in, like, fully rejuvenated sure uh i i feel like once they add a new world i'll be all in again all right but right now i'm it's hard to keep focused on it fair but teppin yeah (laughs) i'm not proving myself (laughs) now now that you've talked yeah yeah (laughs) now that you've talked a little bit more about duel links why don't we get back to teppin but you know first uh, they added a new world (laughs) duel links i mean (laughs) and i unlocked uh kenny mushroom head the new guy he used mushroom cards to make mushroom decks (laughs) There Let's a, talk about Teppin. I already have a mushroom. God! There, <laughs> 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 ah. <laughs> they're called. It's called a Sylvan deck, and there is a there is a mushroom card in the Sylvan deck. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually not making this up. I believe you. So Teppin, <laughs> Teppin, Teppin. <laughs> Te- uh. Yeah, Teppin's got some neat stuff going on. Um, it's a very unorthodox kind of system. Yes. Um, where... I was very impressed by how weird it is. Yes, yeah, where kind of each player has three slots lined up vertically. Right. And you can put a card in any of those three slots. And then these cards uh, kind of auto-attack uh, in real time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a red line will start to shoot out from your character towards your opponent's uh, parallel slot, right? Right. Like, uh, you got a top slot, a middle slot, a bottom slot. So if you put a card in your top slot, then it will start to attack your opponent's top slot. Right. And uh, when the line gets all the way over, it will do damage to either your opponent's card in that slot or your opponent directly if there's no card in that slot. Right. Each card has an attack and an HP. If the attack, you know, exceeds... The opponent's current HP, that card gets knocked out, and you can put a new card in that slot. Right. You're you're continuously like gaining like meter, and you spend that meter to put cards in the slots. And the more cards you you put in the slots, the more AP you gain, which you can use to do like a super move, basically, with your character. Yeah, and, and we should say that uh, you know obviously obviously this is all Capcom themed. Yes, and uh, there are kind of hero characters you can do in the style of like Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, for instance, yes. or Hearthstone, Shadowverse. Yeah, and, uh, and so depending on the uh, hero character you choose, that's how you you know that's what 
differentiates the special kind of super special that you have that you can unleash yeah like in in dual links each character is differentiated by having like a skill right um that like just activates during a certain conditions like you know like bandit keith can uh jesus christ <laughs> hey you're the one that made the comparison so like bandit keith has a as a skill called switcheroo where twice per match he can uh he can take one card from his hand put it into his deck and draw a different card. Right. However, with uh, with Teppin, each character has a super move where once you build up enough AP, you get to use that move and it does something big and cool. Right. Like, uh, I was playing as... There's actually, like, there's two Monster Hunter monsters that you can play as, which yeah. is great for me. Yeah. Um, and I was working on a Nergigante deck, and Nergigante is this big kind of monster that in the lore of Monster Hunter kills elder dragons and eats them which are like the most powerful monsters in the uh in the franchise yeah uh and so his um special move is that he kind of empowers one of his cards so that its attack is dramatically increased but the next time it lands an attack it gets destroyed yeah uh so they you know the uh the super move it tends to have kind of a very uh game changing effect yes where it can really turn the tide of the battle yeah right now there's eight playable characters ryu chun li mm -hmm. mega man x rathalos right uh wesker <laughs> nergigante dante from devil may cry and morrigan from darkstalkers right and yeah they each have like different supers that kind of change things and you can you can equip one of three different supers for each character. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so, like... Do you, like, unlock them as you go? Y you unlock them as you level up the character, yeah. Okay. Uh, they each start with one default one. So, like, for example, uh, Chun-Li uh, has a super called Kikosho, which is her doing that big blue fireball that surrounds herself. Right. Uh, that, and it gives each of her cards in play mm -hmm. the shield ability. Okay. Or... She has one where she does her, like, rapid kicks, <laughs> and it, like, ups one of her unit's attack or something. Okay. It's neat. The The system's really unique, mm -hmm. and all the cards are different Capcom characters. Yeah, that's really what's going to keep me around, you yeah. know, uh, if, I, if I really keep playing this game, is that, you know, I'm a big Capcom fan. I like a lot of Capcom franchises, and it's really fun to, like... Uh, get a resident evil card and it's like billy cohen from resident evil zero who nobody has cared about until now you know <laughs> like just a lot of really fun little references yeah uh, kind of dotted throughout the game yeah like the default ryu deck has dan cards in it and that <laughs> makes me really happy right daniel's a big dan fan not just because of the name no because dan's great yeah and yeah so i've been messing with it a bit making different decks i settled on a uh a mega man deck mm -hmm. uh mega man x because Mega Man X's kind of play style is that he has a bunch of cards that heal him throughout the match and right. heal and heal each other. He can heal both his life as a hero character or the life of other cards. And then he has neat attacks that like do damage to an opponent equal to the amount of HP one of his units has. Right. And since his units have been healing each <laughs> other the whole match, sometimes that number can get like really absurd. That's cool synergy. Yeah. It's neat, and there's there's a lot of creative playstyles I've already seen. There's kind of an action system where, like, you can play an action card that's kind of like a spell. Right. And then your opponent gets uh, the opportunity to react with a spell that will resolve before your spell. Mm -hmm. So there have been a lot of matches where I'm like, okay, cool, I'm going to heal my guy. 
and then my opponent's like, I'm going to do damage to your guy, and since that resolves before you can heal him, your guy dies before <laughs> he restores the HP. Like uh like a lot of like attack based decks shutting me down, which is kinda cool. Yeah, that no, that is cool. It almost makes me think of like uh in in Ace Attorney when like you do an objection, then they do an objection, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's kind of that similar fun little back and forth experience that you get to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, I hope they start adding Phoenix Wright cards. Oh man, I hope Phoenix Wright becomes a playable character. Yeah, later. me too. Oh, that'd be so good. Like they they're already drawing deep and kind of going into, you know, uh a lot of uh obscure lore from Capcom games just from like the cards that you get. Yeah. But they still have so much more that they can do in oh, terms abs- of playable characters, cards, you know, stuff, all yeah, that stuff. Absolutely. Like the thing the thing that's going to be the difference between that was fun. I'm never going to play it again. And I'm, I'm going to keep coming back to this yeah. is the support that it gets in the yeah. near future. Like, I think that's true of any, uh, uh, digital card game, you know, yeah. you have to, you have to kind of keep the meta fresh by adding stuff. Otherwise it just gets stale. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think if they keep adding playable characters and also obviously keep adding cards from, franchises that current are that currently are not represented right i think that's that's going to keep me interested and i'll keep coming back to it yeah because uh because yeah like right now really only like really only the franchises we mentioned are the ones that are represented you know like uh mega man x is the only like character represented from the whole mega man franchise we don't have any mega man classic yet right. we don't have any legends sure uh legends would be great legends would be great yeah, there's no Phoenix Wright stuff yet. You know, there's there's a lot of like deep cut stuff they can do, like Dino Crisis and <laughs> uh, oh man, yeah, <laughs> like Zach and Wiki and shit. There's there's <laughs> stuff. Right. There's there's fun stuff that they can do, and I'm oh for sure. Uh, if they keep adding that kind of stuff to it and not just like discontinue the game service in like eight months, like they did with that Puzzle Fighter game, Ooh, they right. made mobile. If if they keep it alive, then I'm I'm really excited to see the future of the franchise. I will say that you know at least this feels like um it's really got a budget behind it. You know, oh yeah, like uh, like glitchy as it may have been on launch day, like the visuals are really great. The, the character art is incredible. Yeah, like and uh when the characters use their super moves, there's like a a full animation for the super <laughs> right. move, and God, that animation looks real good. Yeah, like Nergigante kind of slams his claw into the ground and skids toward you, and it really looks like he's like coming toward you. Yeah, you know? like they do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, and I guess one of my worries about them discontinuing service like prematurely is because like what <laughs> what if their artist gets tired? You know, <laughs> like he's he's working really right, hard. Yeah, like what if what if they uh, what if the artist can't output at a speed that they've, they've just got the one artist you know <laughs> uh so that's entirely possible <laughs> uh, uh but yeah i i think teppin's neat i think it's got a lot of potential yeah i hope that potential gets tapped i hope i hope it lives up to its potential because me too yeah i would also love a pc version uh, i don't know if that's necessarily in the cards uh, but uh, one thing that I really appreciate, for instance, about uh, Shadowverse, which is a trading card game, uh, you know, a digital card game that I play off and on, is yeah. that 
I can go into the PC version and very easily like build a deck quickly with my mouse. Mm. Um, and I definitely miss that, you know, in uh, in in Teppen. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I uh, if I feel like if Teppen stays, if Teppen is popular and they keep supporting it, right? I feel like yeah, we'll probably see. Like a Steam version feels inevitable in that case. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like within the next year or so. Cool. Duel Links has a PC version. Oh, I'm well aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter when, of fact. <laughs> when I... I the other week, uh, Daniel installed Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links on the PC, on his personal computer. Yeah, on Steam. Yeah, and, finally. I, right. I hadn't done it at all until like a couple weeks ago and one thing that daniel enjoys doing sometimes for comedic effect is he'll like turn the volume on his phone all the way up and then start the game that's not for comedic effect i just forget oh I just well forget it's that loud i thought it was funny at first at least <laughs> um, and so then like because when you launch the game like one of the characters you know will say Yu-Gi-Oh duel links yeah um and so he like installs it on PC and then louder than it could possibly be coming from his phone, I just hear from his room, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links on his like computer speakers. <laughs> and uh, I died a little inside. But uh but yeah, it's got a PC version. No, like I, I was like installing it and like Amy walks by our room and she looks in and she sees it on my computer and she just <laughs> she just gives me like the most like disappointed face I've ever seen. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, but it is on my computer now, and and upon syncing my account, I instantly platinumed it on Steam, <laughs> on Steam Achievements. Of course you fucking did, because you've played it for hours every day almost since it launched. I mean, um, there might there might have been periods of time where you fell off the wagon a little bit, but you got right back on. Yeah, I I think a maximum of three days have passed without me playing it since that game launched. Like three consecutive days. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, like, like I, I have been this way about games in the past, right. you know, uh, and really kind of in the present, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not really judging, you know what I mean? Right. I just think it's kind of funny. To... It, it is kind of funny. I agree with that. Anyway, that is, that is my, my take on. <laughs> mostly tap On mostly tap <laughs> Uh, aka also dual links. Right. All right. What uh? What are you been playing? Uh, well, I'll go ahead and kick it off with the game that I've probably been playing most often out of these three, and that is uh, I got back into Octopath Traveler you recently. Have. Yeah, you know this was the game that I bought when I bought my Switch. It was my first Switch game. That's right. Uh, I was very excited to play it when it initially came out. And I eventually kind of hit a wall for two reasons. The first was that, and I and I don't think, to be clear, that this is the fault of, like, the Octopath Traveler team. But I went into the game with, the, with a certain expectation. Because, <laughs> you know, Octopath Traveler, the whole kind of notion of the, of the game's story is that there are eight characters, hence Octo. Uh, and they kind of all have their own personal story that they embark on. Uh, throughout the game, I assumed that one core feature of the game would be that these stories would kind of intersect in interesting ways. And that's really not the case. Yeah. Uh, like, essentially, you know, each character has their own individual story. 
And then every now and again, you get uh, kind of like in Final Fantasy IX, how you'll occasionally get like a button prompt and you can see a little side arc. Uh, you get that same thing. Like if you have mm-hmm. two characters, they're in a town together and something happens, you like push the plus button and then, you know, uh, Ophelia the cleric will say to Ulbrich the warrior, like, wow, I can't believe you defeated that wolf or whatever. Yeah. Kind of short little vignettes. Um, so I was really disappointed when I figured that out. Because even though that wasn't an expectation that was necessarily set by the marketing team or anything like that, it was just, I think, a reasonable assumption that I made. You know, you have this game about eight characters, you would think that there would be some intersection. Right, right, right. Uh, Also, I had this really stupid idea, in hindsight, that I wanted to... Because each character's story is kind of in tiers. There's like the part one, the part two, you know, and so on. I decided that I wanted to get all eight characters, do the part one for all eight characters, then do the part two for all eight characters, uh, et cetera, et cetera, until the end of the game. And what that led to was this really frustrating experience where I kept having to like swap people in and out and change their equipment. And I was always under leveled and just really struggling. I never had enough money. I actually, this is what got me back into the game. I was hanging out on um, the JRPG subreddit on Reddit, and someone made a post about the game and basically said, what you really want to do is kind of pick four characters and stick to them, do all their stuff, and then go back to the other four characters and do all their stuff. So that's what I'm doing now, and I'm having a much better time. Hmm. I think the fact that my, you know, uh, kind of plan is is much less ambitious and much more focused is allowing me to appreciate the things that I really love about the game, which are, um, you know, I think that uh, the combat's really good. Like, I, this is the same team, I believe, that did the Bravely Default games. And uh, I really liked those games, but I always felt like there are always a couple of things about the way combat worked that kind of bugged me a little bit. And this feels like a much more refined hmm. and complete version of that system to me. Okay. I always, I actually really liked the Bravely slash Default system in Bravely Default, which is what that battle system right, yes. was called. Yeah. Uh, like, to me, the, you know, because the way it works in Bravely Default for the uninitiated is that you can uh, choose to default, which is sort of like guarding, but you also, like, build up this resource. Yeah. And then you can expend the resource on on kind of powering up your attacks by braving. <laughs> yeah. And what they changed that to in Octopath Traveler is that it basically happens passively. Every yes. turn you get a BP, which I, I don't think stands for Brave Point anymore. It's something Boost else. Boost points. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so every turn you get a BP, you can uh, use the BP to boost your moves. Or and... spill oil into an ocean. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, right, sorry. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... Uh, after you, you know, the turn after you've boosted, you don't get a boost point. There's kind of like a refractory period. Yes, yeah. Um, I like that a lot better because it, it means I'm not spending three turns in a row guarding over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's I enjoy fair. that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that is the lame way to play Bravely Default, but yeah. <laughs> but I, I still feel you. It's more intuitive. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I like the combat. I... Uh, I love the visuals of the game and this has been true the whole time I've played it. Like I've, you know, even, even when I was really frustrated with the game, I still thought it looked really pretty and that hasn't changed. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, it has almost this kind of pop-up book aesthetic Uh um, where it's like 2d sprites and then kind of, 
you know, very like kind of SNES, you know, like Final Fantasy five, six kind of like textures on yeah. 3D uh, models. And it's just a really interesting look. And they kind of apply a lot of visual effects that kind of add this kind of magical, mystical feel to it. Yeah. And I think that's really neat. Uh, and also, um, the music is absolutely fucking phenomenal. It's rad. It's yeah. so good. It's good shit. I'm fascinated by the music in particular because the composer, Yasunori Nishiki, really hadn't done a lot of stuff prior to Octopath Traveler. Right. Um, like, if you go in onto, for some reason, he has an IMDb page. Octopath Traveler is his only credit. And huh. it's not quite, his career is not quite that barren. Like, he had done some other stuff. Like, I think he did um, some of the music for the Grand Blue Fantasy anime and, like, a bunch <laughs> of other random shit. Huh. But there's definitely an extent to which it feels as though this is the first time that he's had the chance to, like, really go all out. Yeah. And uh, boy, does he do a great job. He really, does. Really, really great job. Yeah, now the battle um, music is fucking good. Yeah, just, it really, um, you know, it really kind of pumps your adrenaline up and makes you feel ready to do this, like, turn-based battle, which is cool. You know? Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of soundtracks necessarily accomplish that. So, yeah, I've been having a really good time with Octopath Traveler. Uh, now that I think I, I am just able to, like, now that I don't have uh, an expectation about the game that is not accurate. <laughs> right. I can enjoy it for what it is, and I've been enjoying it a lot. That's good. Yeah, I uh, I also dropped it, but I still like when I did drop it back then. I still had a more positive sure impression of it overall. I was just kind of done playing it. Yeah, sure, that's fair. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm glad you give it another go. Maybe I too can give it another go at some point in the future. That'd be pretty cool. What else have you been playing? So, my girlfriend and I, Amy Lee, right, uh, like to play a lot of games together, especially games that uh, that are like really narrative and driven by player choice. Sure, uh, we've been doing Life is Strange two. Mm-hmm. Um, we finished chapter two of that kind of recently, and uh, that that game that game is really underrated. I think, like, yeah. I feel like a lot of people are ignoring it. Because it's very tangentially and almost not connected <laughs> to Life is Strange 1 at all. Sure. But I really love Life is Strange 2's story and its characters and hope that more people give it a shot. But what we've been playing uh, together, Amy and I, really recently is this free game you can play inside your browser mm-hmm. called Your Turn to Die. I had never heard of this game prior yeah. to you and Amy Lee starting to play it. Yeah, me me neither. Amy was the one that found it. Uh, her friends on Facebook were talking about it or something. Right. And, yeah, this is this is a free game made by someone in RPG Maker, like, <laughs> 2000 or 2003. Right. right like, in, like a fairly... Oh, RPG Maker MV, I think that is. Yeah. Uh, it was made in RPG Maker MV. The, the latest version is RPG Maker VX Ace. Right. So this is, yeah, this is a version. This is a this is a game made kind of an older version of RPG Maker, but it's not like a it's not like a typical RPG. No, not uh, at all. It just uses it as an engine to make kind of a game that's inspired by these narrative Japanese games Amy and I like to play like Zero Escape mm-hmm. and Danganronpa. Yes. And it actually feels kind of like a fusion of those two titles. I was going to see there's there's definitely shades of both yeah, you know, as you're like, playing it. Like a low budget 
fusion of those two games in in a really neat way basically like you you play the game as the scroll that gets uh it gets kidnapped and gets forced to participate in kind of uh these series of like challenges and they're right. all kind of you know messed up psychological challenges that involve people dying right and uh and you're also like kind of solving a lot of puzzles and rooms along the way and if anyone has played a Zero Escape game like 999 or Virtue's Last Reward, or if they've played a Danganronpa game, some of that might sound pretty familiar. Yeah. And, you know, she's trapped with, like, uh, with, like, ten other people, and mm-hmm. uh, there's just a lot of, a lot of messed up psychological horror-y thing that happens, and a right. lot of, a lot of mystery, and a lot of, like, a lot of, like, I don't know what this person's true motives are, uh-huh. and, uh... And a lot of the stuff that Amy and I find really cool about Zero Cape and Danganronpa. Right. And it's free. We paid zero dollars for it, and we're we're playing a fan translation of it. Right. Um, but it's, Which seems pretty good, right? Yeah, it's 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 a little it does not feel it's it's adequate. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's competent. Sure. Like like the grammar is good, mm-hmm. but it, it feels it feels a bit literal sometimes. Sure, it sure. is. It's not. It's a. It's a good translation. It's not really a localization, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel as though that's that's kind of a pitfall that fan translations you know fall into a lot, probably intentionally. Like yeah. I'm sure they don't want to get you know to kind of editorialize. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, um, it's off. Yeah, it seems it feels very faithful to the source material. Yeah. Right, but sometimes. Sometimes that means the wording is so like unassisted, right? It that, kind of uh, almost adheres to Japanese sentence structure. Yeah, that um, that also like a sentence that in the original Japanese might display a hint, mm. you know, does not display the same hint I see. when translated into English, and therefore the game can feel very obtuse sometimes. There's sure. a lot of there were a lot of points where Amy and I didn't really have any idea what to do because the game gave us like too many answers that could be right yeah or you know or not enough context for us to figure out the one answer that should be right sure like yeah i i'm very grateful for the translation and i <laughs> i think it's i think it's serviceable right you right. know and uh and it's like amy and i are still enjoying the game a lot um but also for example like the some of the some of the writing is so literally translated that it that it kind of loses some character. Mm, For example, right. uh, nearly every character in the game says "mwahaha" when they laugh, <laughs> but like "mwahaha" is a very specific kind of laugh. Yes, you know, uh, like you'd you'd want to assign that to a specific kind of character. Sure. Um, uh, like clearly, this is just how the translator laughed on AOL. You know, back, <laughs> back in the day, right? Yeah, that's that's just how they they write laughs. laughs. There there's there are some people going "ha ha." And some people going ma ha ha, and those mm. are the two varieties. I see. Uh, but it's too bad because you got ha ha, he he, ho ho. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, yeah, you said oh, he he already. Oh, 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 oh. right. Yes, the oh, oh, oh. Right. yes, the the rich yeah. anime girl laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got a lot to play with, and they yeah. However, not every fan translation can be the quality of like the Mother Three fan translation. Right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Like even though even though I'm nitpicking a bit here, <laughs> I think it I think it does a good job. Yeah. And uh, I think Your Turn to Die is a really cool game. Nice. I, you know, I, I really I've really enjoyed a lot of the twists. Uh, there's been some some emotional moments that uh that have 
succeeded in being emotional, okay. you know? And uh and yeah, it's it's really neat. It's is kind of a nice way to get like a Zeroscape slash Danganronpa <laughs> fix at a time when neither of those creators are making a new game in the franchise. I will also say that uh and this might just be because, you know, I was warned about the aesthetic beforehand. Uh-huh. I actually think that there's a lot of charm to the game's visuals. Yeah. It's it uh it's kind of like someone tried to draw Danganronpa characters in MS Paint. Right. But they're pretty decent at using <laughs> MS Paint. Yeah, no, exactly. It's not, it's not like me trying to draw a Zero Escape character in MS Paint, which would look like clown garbage. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's like if a talented artist had to draw a bunch of characters and the only thing they could use was MS Paint. Yeah. So they did the best they could. Yeah, yeah. The visuals... <laughs> It almost reminds me of, like, kind of a fusion of, like, early LucasArts games and, like, Sonic Schoolhouse. (laughs) It's just this very weird aesthetical midpoint that is nevertheless somehow, like, very suited to kind of what they're trying to do, I think. Yeah, no, it, it, like, it really fits the setting. Yeah. And they're able to do, actually, some, like, some neat, some cool and some shocking things with that aesthetic nice over the course of the game uh speaking of shocking um they, they definitely cover some very dark and very heavy themes mm-hmm. throughout and uh if you if this game sounds interesting to you but there's also like subjects that you can't handle very well there is like a content warning list like on the website that's good yeah so that's that's really cool yeah yeah i i like it we're like we finished the first chapter we're partway into the second now, um, <laughs> and they they introduced like a like a new wrinkle, like kind of a a mechanic for that chapter hmm. uh, that's that involves us making a lot of decisions, and I'm not sure I'm ready to make some of those decisions. <laughs> and it's it's cool that your turn to die is pretty cool. Okay, nice. Yeah, it's like a poor man's Danganronpa, but I'm very poor right now. <laughs> so so yeah. Sean, what else have you been playing? Oh, ho, ho, let me tell you, it is, in fact, another JRPG, <laughs> as I said. Uh, I've been playing Valkyria Chronicles 4, uh, and I should say that both that and Octopath Traveler I've been playing on the Switch, uh, because they're now both multi-platform games. Yeah, boo-boo-boo-boo. Now, I'm a big <laughs> fan. Boo-boo? Uh, boo <laughs> Boo <laughs> boo. I'm a big fan of the Valkyria <laughs> Chronicles franchise. Yeah. Um I I think they're really neat games. If you've never played them before, they are sort of a really interesting fusion between turn-based tactics games and third-person shooters. Uh essentially when you're kind of plotting where you want your units to go, you're looking at a map of a battlefield and you can see your units positioned on it, and then when you select one to move them, it zooms in and goes to kind of an over-the-shoulder view where you're able to move around, and enemies are firing at you in real time, and then you can kind of aim and shoot back at them. Uh, so, you know, they're... they're um, I have not played another game that's quite like it. Yeah. Uh, it may be that copycats have sprung up, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not aware of them personally. I think that the Valkyria Chronicles games are really cool, and 4 is certainly no exception to that. Yeah. I will say that uh, in the transition from Valkyria Chronicles 1 to 2, 
they made a lot of really interesting and kind of bold deviations from one's formula. Yeah. And I had been hoping that four would do something similar, <laughs> but it's actually the gameplay is almost a carbon copy of one to the point where I was off putting at first. I was I was mm. very surprised that they kind of uh at least in my estimation, maybe regressed to that point. But now that I'm kind of into it and that I've gotten past kind of the initial missions, uh, it's just really great to be back in that world playing, you know, a game like that again. Mm. And it is still just a really excellent, really solid, uh, you know, kind of turn-based tactics um, JRPG experience. So the, the Valkyria Chronicles games are set in kind of like this alternate uh, sort of... Uh, uh, maybe very slightly steampunky version of uh, of Europe. Yeah. Um, and you, the games are themed around battles that are kind of analogous to World War One, World War Two. Yeah. That kind of era of world history. And Valkyria Chronicles Four is not actually a chronological sequel to its predecessors. <laughs> it is a story that takes place alongside the story of Valkyria Chronicles 1, yeah. but it's like a different unit yes. uh, that you're playing as. And um, I'm I'm enjoying the story so far. Uh, there, there have been some anime bullshit type things that have happened <laughs> that I'm not a huge fan of. <laughs> I was actually, I was playing the game in the living room uh, the other week, yeah, and and it gets to a scene where um, some anime bullshit happens, uh, to, uh, not to go into too much detail, there's, there's basically kind of like uh, an implied upskirt scene, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I had the volume up for it, and Daniel looks over and says something like, "Man, I keep hearing a lot of horny noises over there. What's going on?" <laughs> yeah, like, explain it to him. Um, but uh, you know, if 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 you can look past that, and it's 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 you know, it's a sprinkling here and there. It's it's spice on the steak that is the game, if you will. It's just not a spice <laughs> very, that I like. Very spicy. Like I really just wanted salt and pepper, and they put like Mrs. Dash on there. <laughs> Um. Yeah, like, and that is kind of unfortunate, especially because I think Valkyria Chronicles 1 had a really great and also really subtle love story, mm -hmm. you know, like, there, was, there wasn't there was really any fan service in Valkyria Chronicles 1, at least right. not in that way, sure. and uh, they, they showed very little of the love story between the two main characters in Valkyria Chronicles 1, but it, right. it still, like, felt like... When they showed those moments, it felt like really, sure, really touching and really emotional. And so, so then I, I just like, in contrast, like I'm just like sitting on the couch and I just hear like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anime. Yeah, I, I, you know, I would say that by and large, I'm I'm enjoying the story so far, and I think. My instinct, although I don't know this for sure, is that it's going to get dark as shit later, and mm. that I'd better just enjoy what's happening now. You ah. know what I mean? Okay. It's got that kind of vibe to it. Neat. And then the gameplay, you know, like I said, very similar to Valkyria Chronicles 1. They added a new class um, that might be called the Grenadier. I think that's what it's called. Ooh. And they're basically like long-range artillery bombardment. Oh, neat. Like they have this big kind of, uh, you know, kind of uh, launcher that takes a really long time to set up, so you have to position yourself so that you're not taking a lot of fire. Mm. Um, but then you can shoot it really far, and uh, it's it's very effective against, like, tanks and, 
you know, uh, bunkers and things like that. They're neat. They're um, like they're like a a slow version of Junkrat from Overwatch. I'm uh, sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah we can. All, we can Australian and they're dirty and they're all Australian. Yeah, and they make Australia they make... exists in that universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Yeah, I've, uh, I I am enjoying my time with Valkyria Chronicles 4, and I'm looking forward to progressing further through the game. That's good. Cool. Yeah. Oh, what else have you been playing? I have one more game on my list. All right. Uh, and actually, I just started this one, so not much to say. Sure. But I got at least a little to say. Okay. This game is kind of neat and noteworthy because uh, I guess I forgot to mention, but... Part of the reason we're doing this and part of the reason I think this was voted on is because this episode kind of calls back to a different podcast Sean and I used to do yes. that has been on hiatus for a little while uh, called Play This, where Sean and I would recommend games to each other. Initially, my first co-host, Max, and I would recommend games to each other before Max had a baby. Right. And then Sean came in and uh, and we would take turns playing, playing games for, you know, a few weeks and then... Uh, trading impressions of them and then recommending a new game and uh and the cycle would continue yes and uh and that uh that format became unsustainable Mm -hmm. uh, after a while scheduling that on a consistent basis ended up having some flaws so it's on hiatus for now but uh one thing we did enjoy is talking about the games you're currently playing and yes uh, and the reason i brought up play this is because one game that Max always wanted to recommend to me for play this, but didn't get around to doing before he left, uh, was a game called Cosmic Star Heroine. Right. Uh, which is a JRPG made by people that aren't Japanese. <laughs> it's uh like right. it's it's a very JRPG style game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's made by Z-Boyd Games, uh, Western developers who right. uh who tend to make like kind of smaller RPG experiences like Cthulhu saves the world. Right. Uh and Cosmic Star Heroine was kind of their their biggest game yet. It's uh it's inspired by stuff like Chrono Trigger and Fantasy Star. Mm-hmm. Like and it it draws a lot from Fantasy Star for like the aesthetic and the setting and it draws a lot from Chrono Trigger for like the battle system. Right. And yeah, it was it was one of Max's game of the, games of the year for 2017. Mm-hmm. He always wanted me to try it out, so uh, so I I got it on my Switch a while back and decided this would be a cool time to finally open it up. And I played the first hour of it today. Nice, uh, like first hour and a half, really. Okay, what do you think so far? I think it's pretty neat. Okay. Um, it's got cool character designs, right? It's uh. It's it's got kind of a, a fantasy star thing going, and uh, and has some neat like unique looking characters. Your female protagonist, which is always nice, Alyssa LaSalle, mm-hmm. uh, and she's got like this cool like mechanical bow staff thing that like can shoot like lasers out of it and stuff. That is cool. Uh, and the battle system is turn based. And basically, it it's got this this mechanic called style, where basically you build style by doing an attack on a turn that's different from the last attack you did. Ah, oh, that's cool. So by keeping by keeping your move set like varied, you build up style, and when you reach a certain style threshold, you can basically you have one turn where whatever attack you do next does like double damage. Okay. Um. 
that's really cool. Yeah, and there's and there's also some neat stuff going on like uh like your equipment gives you things like programs which are new like attacks and techniques you can okay you can kind of use and uh if, if you're like if your hacker stat is high enough you can learn new techniques from that equipment huh yeah like uh it's it's got a neat kind of cyberpunk ish cyberpunk like cross uh fantasy star slash like chrono trigger like aesthetic <laughs> to it and uh like it's it's a 16 bit like sprite based mm-hmm. rpg and uh and yes it's a good combination of like of an old school rpg with some with some contemporary ideas for the battle system and progression okay and i i like it i i like what i've played so far the uh the the story and the dialogue uh is intriguing so far uh there there seems to be kind of like a a conspiracy i feel like i might currently be one of the bad guys ah that's and, cool um i'm i'm not sure about that it could sure. turn out that that i'm that i'm just going to be portrayed as a good guy but i'll just be uncomfortable with what i'm doing for the whole game <laughs> uh the uh final fantasy 4 sort of thing <laughs> uh Cecil, take this bomb ring to the mist village okay i guess hope it's not a bomb oh shit <laughs> uh and like some of the dialogues, a little like it's like, oh, I don't know if like I I would have told a joke during the scene that you were trying to make serious right. ten seconds ago, but yeah, I do think I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to playing more. Nice. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you play more. Cool. Sean, do you have any last games that you're playing? I do indeed. Um, this is uh, an older game and the only one that I'm not playing on the Switch. Oh, and uh, that is Grand Kingdom. Uh, Grand Kingdom is a game that I have for the PS4. Uh, I don't know if it's out for anything else. Um, maybe the Xbox. I no, I think okay. it's just PS4 actually. Okay, and this is, uh, I think, certainly the most eclectic game uh, out of the three that I've been playing. Hmm. Uh, in that its gameplay is. Truly unlike anything else I've ever experienced, and there's no prequel or sequel, so right. you know, I don't even have, like... Although it is uh, it is kind of an elaboration on a PSP game that never came to the States called Grand Knight's History. Ah, see, there we go. The PSP continues to be the greatest uh, video game system of all time. Uh, some may have said that that's been proven wrong canonically. Well, I guess if you want to know, you'll have to subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com <laughs> slash beep boop group. But anyway, um, <laughs> Grand Kingdom... Honestly, the best way that I can think to describe what playing Grand Kingdom is like is that it's almost like a fusion between Mario Party and Valkyria Chronicles. Huh. Uh, because, uh, essentially, within the mythology of the game, you're part of a company of mercenaries and you go on these missions. Mm-hmm. And the mission map is very similar to kind of a board game map. Hmm. Um, the way it works is you kind of you move and then the enemies move, so kind of like a roguelike what? <laughs> Just say it. Just fucking say it. So I can continue talking about this game. Please. Ooh, what are all these tanks doing here? Mamma mia. There's some kind of war going on. Okay, that Better took me a second. Better throw my dice. Uh, oh, Mario. I got an AK-47. 
Mamma mia! <laughs> Watch the way you're pointing there, Luigi. <laughs> oh, Mario, no! <laughs> this is the true horror of war. <laughs> Shot down by my older brother. <laughs> what? Oh, Mario! I've got a grenade! <laughs> Peach, no! <laughs> <laughs> when did, why did my friends get all these weapons from? They're, they're just they're, like there's no guns in Mario. They're just terrible at using them. <laughs> well, no, actually there are now because of Mario and Rabbids. I well, yeah, but those are like laser guns. Well, right, yeah, those no, are like sci-fi. Yeah, guns. this is like World War II style munitions. Yeah, no, no one knows how to load a clip into a fucking <laughs> right. Yeah, Grand except Lemmy who's like really good at it for some reason. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Nobody knows why. <laughs> I don't know where he got it from. <laughs> was that Bowser just breathing fire? I was I was trying to do the Bowser roar, like the uh, blah, you know, uh, from like from like Mario Kart. Yeah. Wow, that was uh, that was something. <laughs> was did, did it resemble? Was it anything approaching accuracy? No. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fair. Grand Kingdom. <laughs> yeah. So you go on a mission, and the map is very reminiscent of a board game. Right. Uh, the way it works is kind of like a roguelike, where you move, and then the enemies all move. Oh. Um, but uh, there are kind of uh, spaces, and they're kind of arranged in pathways. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of them, you know, kind of don't do anything at all when you land on them. Right. Some of them are like obstacle spaces, like you'll land in like uh, quicksand and you'll have to kind of expend a resource or use an item or something to pass through mm-hmm. uh, or eliminate the obstacle. Um, and then uh, there's treasure chest spaces where that uh, allow you to get items. Um, mm-hmm. And so just, it generally has that kind of feeling of, you know, uh, sometimes like chance just takes over and anything can happen. Right. Um, when you run into an enemy, it kind of zooms in and you engage in a battle. And the way that works is you have, I want to say, four or five units versus their four or five units. Okay. And battle takes place. It's two-dimensional, but it's kind of on three lanes. Um, so you can move horizontally along a lane, which costs like AP or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some units that have more than others, like a, like a thief, for instance, can move much farther than like a caster of some kind. Hmm. Uh, but then you can also kind of hop between the lanes. So if you see that uh, there's a witch way over on the other side of the battlefield who's charging up a spell that they're going to cast, you can kind of dodge it by moving either forward or backward oh, relative neat. to your perspective oh it's like BattleCon. uh sure i don't really remember BattleCon, but i'll yeah. take your word for it yeah like BattleCon has when you do an attack you target specific spaces on the field okay and uh and then your opponent has the opportunity to move to a space that's not tar that's not being targeted okay um, so that, that sounded kind of familiar. Yeah, there's, there's similarities there, I would say. Um, and then also like you have kind of melee characters, like I have this sort of, um, blacksmith character. I think the class is actually called blacksmith hmm. where they just have this big hammer and you can kind of like run up to somebody and swing the hammer and knock them around oh. to kind of change their positioning. Uh, swinging the hammer. and then you have... <laughs> I do that sometimes when I'm throwing my parties. Obviously, characters who have ranged <laughs> attacks. Um, oh, like my fireballs. The podcast is over. 
Good night, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>
Yeah, but for real, if, if you ever feel the urge, you know, it's it's definitely a cool experience. Yeah. Yeah, I get that vibe. So, that's everything we've been playing. Yes, indeed. However, as always, we've gotten plenty of listener mail. Woo! And let's look at what some of you guys have been playing. Alrighty. Here we go. Okay. In the words of... Mario? <laughs> yes. Here we a, go! A man that likes to party. Yes. Sometimes in guns. the tank. <laughs> <laughs> I stab you with my bayonet. Woohoo! I do apologize for that bit. It wasn't really worth it. You know, are they ever? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. For, for the sake of people that have been listening to us right. for the past year like, plus, the, I hope so. Clearly the people who you know listen to our podcast think it's worth it, I would hope. Either that or they're just sitting there going like, man, I love this podcast, but these fucking bits are <laughs> terrible. <laughs> imagine, imagine being that person. What a rough life that person yeah, has. Sorry, person, yeah. whoever you are. Uh, I'm glad that you find some redeeming qualities in our podcasts. Me too. <laughs> I love that I haven't even been able to like hit the Mario voice. No, yeah, you're just yeah. like, it's just like... It's just like you doing a vaguely Italian accent. Yeah, yeah I can occasionally kind of get there, uh, but uh, but I'm I'm a little under the weather today, and so today's not that day. Okay. Pretend that I executed a stellar Mario voice. Or we could just move on. Wahoo! <laughs> <laughs> Unsaxon51 on Twitter mm-hmm. says, Currently, I've been doing nothing but Final Fantasy XIV in my free time. <laughs> The story in Shadowbringers has been interesting so far, and I'm loving the new gameplay changes. What server do you guys play on? I'm so glad you asked on Saxon 51, because I too have been playing a lot of Final Fantasy 14 lately. <laughs> this, uh, yeah. this, this, gets, this gets to be Sean's secret fourth game. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I told Daniel before we recorded, like, I'm, I'm not going to talk about Shadowbringers uh, during my section because I know we have a listener mail, you yeah. Know, where I'm just going to get to talk about it anyway. Yeah. A quick sidebar: I don't play on a server. I don't play. I don't right play now. Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. Um. I uh, play on the Mateus server. Uh, although I've been thinking about transferring lately because every time I've tried to get on, I'm in a queue with like 1,000 people uh, because they're all, you know, obviously very excited about the new expansion. Right. But uh, yeah, I've been playing. The, I've been playing Shadowbringers a lot. Um. Obviously, it's still kind of early days, but uh, so far I'm having a much better time with it than I have with previous expansions, hmm. so I think that's obviously a good sign. There are a lot of fun kind of gameplay additions, like uh, there's two new classes, the Gunbreaker and the Dancer. Hmm. Uh, the Gunbreaker is just Squall from Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, right. Uh, and then the Dancer is this kind of really interesting ranged class where you can actually kind of stop in the middle of combat and like do a dance like you activate the ability and then several of your other abilities like become kind of ddr style buttons that you have to push in a certain order uh then you activate the ability again and you kind of like spread this buff to everybody oh that's neat yeah uh really really interesting and kind of satisfying to play um in addition to it just being really fun from that standpoint also they've taken this really kind of interesting and dark turn to the story uh that's it kind of throws in a lot of um almost like body horror elements Hmm. uh in ways that i was not expecting there was actually a moment relatively early on in the game story uh compared to where i am now 
uh, and uh, for Unsaxon 51 and anyone else who might be playing, it happens in a desert zone uh, that was so kind of shocking and disturbing without feeling like kind of, you know, gratuitous or like pander-y that I had to put the game down for like an hour. Oh, damn. It shook me in a way that I was not anticipating. Um, so that's kind of, uh, I, I'm some, I'm someone who like, I've enjoyed the gameplay of Final Fantasy 14, but I've always thought the story was kind of a snooze fest. So this is really, it's impressing me a lot. Huh. The only thing I still know about the story is from that E3 trailer (laughs) where like the guy at the end is like, oh, you don't think they were gods? Well, they were gods in the fashion. After all, they were the first primals hey it's incredible to me that you remember that quote that accurately still <laughs> even now it's it's such it's such an edgy line you know <laughs> like it's such like a it's such like a ooh, i'm gonna fucking get him with this line you know and uh, and i'm sure it did get people i'm yes. sure it was successful yeah. you know but like me with no context you know like i guess uh <laughs> uh this is a weird place to put spoilers for the movie Inception. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe I'll just put a timestamp for the Inception spoilers. Okay. If if anyone still wants to watch the movie Inception without having the ending spoiled, then I'll put timestamps at the bottom. Okay. So, I went to go watch Inception with my dad when the movie came out. Oh, yes, I know the story, but yeah, go on. <laughs> and uh, And in the movie... Uh, there is uh, this mechanic that they introduce in the movie. First of all, Inception is about people jumping into people's dreams and right. convincing them within their dreams to do certain things. And there's even like dreams within dreams and all all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, when these people are jumping into other people's dreams, the dreams can be so immersive that they can forget that it's not real. Right. Um, for this, uh, everyone, every like dream jumper in the movie, has something called a totem. Right. Uh, something that kind of, like, anchors them to reality and something they can use to kind of tell whether or not they're in a dream. Mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio's character has a spinning top. Right. Um, he spins the top, and if it doesn't stop spinning, he knows he's in a dream. Right, because that's impossible. Right, yeah. So, uh, there's this big, you know, there's a big suspenseful ending, right, where, like, at the end of the movie... Uh, Leonardo is reunited with his family, right? Right, and his kids are playing outside, and he's about to join them. And before he does, he puts the top on the table. He starts to spin it, and then he gets distracted by his kids, and he goes outside to meet them. Right, and the camera just zooms in on the top spinning mm-hmm. and spinning and starting to wobble, and then spinning, and then the and then bam, it cuts to credits, and yeah, the, and. Uh, and, you know, like, it's supposed to be very ambiguous. Like, oh, is, right. is this real? Right. And, and, of course, the point, ultimately, is that he doesn't care if it's real or not. Yes. Um, but that kind of spawned, you know, these sort of two fan camps uh, <laughs> arguing about whether or not it was real. Sure. So, my dad and I are watching the movie, and my dad needs to go to the bathroom halfway through. <laughs> so, he gets up and goes to the bathroom. And while he's in the bathroom, Leonardo DiCaprio explains to Ellen Page what a totem is. Right, and, and how they de- work. And demonstrates with his totem. Yeah. Then, uh, dad comes back in the bathroom. We watch the rest of the movie. Leonardo spins the top, goes out to meet his kids, and everyone in theaters is like, oh, 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 
like as the as the theater like you right. know as, as the as it cuts to the credits and like everyone's fucking freaking out in the theater uh there's just like yelling and my dad like He's like watching the screen, and then, like, with the most bewildered face, he slowly turns towards me and is like, uh huh. And I'm like, oh, God. So, like, I had to explain to him what a totem was and why that ending was so cool. So, you could say, in other words, that uh, you went to the bathroom during the part where they explain what primals are. It's exactly. Yeah. Right. Like, that, that was very, like, I could just, like, I could just like see Sean be like, "Oh, for yeah, first yeah. primals," and I'm like, "Okay." Um, the extreme Cliff Notes version is primals are summons. Okay. Um, and uh, it's been your mission throughout all the games to stop summons from happening because uh, they wreak havoc. You know, kind of uh, whenever they occur. Oh, right. Like the summon inevitably goes out of control and starts destroying things. Oh, so oh, um, so the first. Primals. Right, exactly. So right, that's, they're considered gods because they wreck so much shit. That's that's someone basically explaining, like, you know, you think you're so noble, kind of representing what you think is this god, but it's actually just a summon. Oh, yeah. okay. The first kind primals. Of a big ass, right, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like... Anyway, when when you were like, oh yeah, there's this moment in the desert that really shocked me. All I could think of was, <laughs> was like, was the guy going like, oh yes, they were the first primals, right. and this one doesn't have a tummy. <laughs> Ooh! Every time it eats, it poops instantly. <laughs> it's so <laughs> shocking. Anyway, I'm sure it's cooler than that. No, yeah, it's 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 just kind. Of, it's a very, it's a very disturbing moment, but. Um... Uh, I, you know, obviously I don't want to reveal what it is, uh, in case any of you aren't there yet. If anyone plays this game aside from me and Unsaxon 51. I'm sure there's people. My girlfriend yeah. plays it sometimes. That's true. V- very occasionally. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad at least one of our listeners is as excited about that game as me because I've been playing it a lot. And, uh, thank you for sending us that mail. Yes, thank you, on Saxon. Yeah, we you get you got a treatise on uh, on Inception that you may not have been expecting. <laughs> Ryan Zepp on Twitter says, "Mario Maker Two, most improved upon game I've ever played. Wow, the potential is impossible to wrap my brain around." <laughs> Uh, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, I uh, I'm very intrigued by Super Mario Maker Two. Yeah, me too. I uh, I haven't bought it yet because I have many games, but <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely could see myself picking it up down the line. Yeah, I never picked up the first Mario Maker. I'm really tempted with this one. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I'd really go nuts with the creative tools, but like, I I don't know if I'd really like go nuts making things. Sure. But, like, the scope and variety of the levels I've already seen is really incredible. Yeah, yeah. Some really remarkable stuff. Yeah, there's one person that just, like, recreated the play structure of Downwell in <laughs> Mario Maker level. That's cool. Yeah, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, it's a it's just a vertical level okay. that goes down for a really long time, and it's, like, filled with enemies, and, and there's little, like... Like as you go down, there's a case of like side rooms where you can like get a power up. Oh and, wow! Uh, and like the the kind of point is to like get like the raccoon tail power up, and then like <laughs> just rack up points by not hitting the ground for a really long time. That's really neat. Yeah, the creator of Celeste has made several levels for Ooh, Super Mario Maker already. Okay, and I saw one of his levels, and it's it's very it's very difficult, but also very well designed. <laughs> like Celeste, yeah, like Celeste, and uh, 
that game looks right as hell. I'm sure I will pick it up eventually. So thanks, Ryan, for for reminding me to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Ryan. I'm I'm glad you're enjoying that game. Hopefully, uh, we will soon be enjoying that game as well. Yes. <laughs> King David three eighteen on Twitter says, "Breath of the Wild." <laughs> That's the whole tweet. Okay. Thanks, King David318. <laughs> some, some tweets aren't very long. Now, this is a game uh, where I feel as though I'm I'm committing a cardinal sin by <laughs> not having either this or Super Mario Odyssey on my Switch. I've never played even a second of either of those games. Uh-huh. Um, I do eventually want to pick it up uh, yeah. because I feel as though, you know, I'm a Zelda fan and uh, this is definitely... Not a Zelda game that I should miss out on because of how good it is. Yeah, it's it it definitely is like a worthwhile experience for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, like <laughs> it's and it's such a unique Zelda experience that I haven't even really like classified where it ranks <laughs> right. on my list of Zelda games sure. because it's so different than everything else. Um, and it still very much is a Zelda game at the same time. Mm-hmm. I I played through Breath of the Wild and beat it back when it came out. Mm-hmm. And that it is, yeah, it it is definitely a good time with some really incredible moments. Nice. So I'm sure the King David 318 is having a good time right now. <laughs> well, he was so enthusiastic uh, yeah. talking about it. Yeah, but, that, that was an exclamation point at the end. There you go. Yeah. I figured and, from your inflection, you did a good job emoting. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, and King David can be playing it this late, you know, this, this <laughs> right. many years after it's come out. Surely I can as well. Yes, yeah. Surely. Thank you, King David 318. Thank you. Mitch E says, I've been playing the original Pokemon Gold because I had a bad <laughs> Pokemon itch and it needed to be scratched. Also, Pikmin 2, also Resident Evil 4 for the Switch. Wow. Alright. Yeah, he, he could uh he could have sat across from us and told us his three games. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really stacked there. It seems we can relate. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, speaking of relating, Pokemon Gold and Silver, I had Silver. Uh, that's my favorite Pokemon game still to this day. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm sure that if I were to go back to it uh, in the year 2019, you know, there'd be a number of uh, quality of life things I'd be missing out on, and there'd be aspects to it that'd be frustrating. But, you know, playing that game when it came out, I mean, definitely just one of the kind of life-defining gaming experiences for me. And it it does feel good to, like, go back and play some of those older Pokemon games. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I played Pokemon Gold and Pokemon Crystal again when they they came out for the virtual console. Right. Crystal for the first time, actually. Oh, okay. I decided to Nuzlocke that, and and I stopped halfway through because I was dying a lot. Um, Nuzlocke's be hard. Nuzlocke's be hard, <laughs> uh, but yeah, gold gold still has a is it's still a very good game, you know. Yeah. Like it's it's old now, uh, but there's there's still a lot of charm to it, you know, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's still like just a really incredibly made game despite the limitations of that platform. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and uh, and it's got Shuckle in it, so you know, and Skarmory, my favorite Steel Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> I I like Shuckle. Okay. I don't know why I I pick Shuckle. I think it's because Shuckle is always kind of s- like hovering somewhere in my brain space. Sure, because there's this animated GIF that someone made online <laughs> of like 
it's just like a two frame animation of like a shuckle just like moving its limbs around and like opening its right. mouth over and over and just the words don't fuckle with shuckle <laughs> are like flashing above it so uh, which I, I can definitely see that why that would get burned into your brain it's the thing i think of when i think of shuckle yeah that's the first thing i think of the second thing i think of is that's a whack fucking type combination that i wouldn't have expected rock bug yeah like what because when you look at shuckle when you look at Shuckle without knowing anything else about it, um, because for a while the only thing I knew about Shuckle was don't fuckle with Shuckle, <laughs> you know, it's like a turtle. So you're thinking like, oh, maybe like water rock, you know, mm. and then it's like, hey, actually, bug. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it's, it's some kind of bug. I mean, it's in a rock. Yeah. Yeah. It was never that weird to me. Um I mean, you know, like, uh, however they want to justify that with its lore or whatever is fine. I just, when I look at Shuckle, I don't th- immediately think bug. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Underrated Pokemon. <laughs> but good game. Good good picks, Mitch. Like, yes. all three of those games. Pikmin 2 is a good game. Resident Evil yeah. 4 is obviously a quality experience. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, good, good picks, man. Yeah. And I will say that, uh, you know, uh, if you, Mitchie, uh, have not uh, played... Some of the older school Resident Evil games, like uh, like the remake and Zero, they're both on the Switch now, too. And yeah. uh, in my estimation, as a big Resident Evil fan, they're both still worth playing. All right. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Mitch. Mr. Goobermania. Mr. Goobermania. Says, I've been getting back into Splatoon 2 yeah. in excitement of the final Splatfest oh, yeah. this weekend. Order versus Chaos. Yeah. yeah. Very Ooh, cool theme. Very apocalyptic. <laughs> right. Like like kind of the, the aesthetic of the whole like final Splatfest thing. Uh-huh. Um I still hope that like the final splat the results of the final Splatfest will affect Splatoon 3's story somehow. That'd be really cool. Yeah. But I'm I'm glad someone's still actively playing Splatoon 2. Oh, for uh, sure. It's a really cool game. Yeah. So cool. Good pick. Mr. Goobermania. Or as they say in the world of Splatoon, woo me. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, got an email from Anthony S. Okay, let's hear it, Anthony S. Hey guys, I was a huge fan of Crash and Spyro growing up. Hmm. So I've been really soaking up this time that they've been returning to the spotlight. I just got Crash Team Racing. And this is a top-tier remake. It's loads of fun, and while I do prefer myself some Mario Kart, I have to say there are def a few things that Mario Kart can learn from Crash <laughs> Team Racing. Okay. There's tons of cosmetics to unlock, and something I love to see in a racing game that is unfortunately really rare is a solid adventure mode to go along with it. Nice. Highly recommend, but more fun to play online. P.S., I know this episode is prediction-free, so please excuse me. (laughs) But I'd be ecstatic to see Crash or Spyro take a missing DLC slot. Mm. And with the Insane Trilogy and Crash Team Racing on Switch, I think Crash making it into Smash is very warranted. I know he's bigger in the West and Europe than the East, but Crash has been around for a long time and would be a great choice. If it happens, I'm calling his final Smash... Being the Aku Aku mask power up after Crash collects three. <laughs> Thanks, okay. Anthony S. Uh, thank you very much for writing in, Anthony S. I will say that uh, I grew up with a Nintendo 64 and didn't have a PlayStation 
you know, kind of experience, if you will, until later in my life. Uh, so I was more of a Diddy Kong racing guy than a Crash Team racing guy. Right. But I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad it's good. You know, yeah. I'm glad you're having a good time with it. It sounds like I'd probably have a good time with it too, because I love Diddy Kong racing. Yeah. Like I, I was also going to bring up Diddy Kong racing because I also have not played Crash Team racing, but Diddy Kong racing always stood out to me as a racing game that had a really fun adventure <laughs> mode. Right. Uh, so there you go. So yeah, re- really glad to hear that Crash Team Racing has one also, because I've been intrigued by Crash Team Racing. No, same. Yeah, it, it seems like a really solid Mario Kart style game. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that someone's checking that out. And also, a long while back, there was a 4chan rumor <laughs> that Crash and Spyro were going to be the first DLC announcements. No, no, not even DLC announcements. Oh, like, just like in the base yeah, game? Yeah, that they were going to be announced for the base game. Okay. And uh, you and I both said no that's not happening right and we were right yeah but i don't think that means a zero percent chance for either crash or spyro period okay i don't think they'll both be in the game right i think if one of them is in the game it'll be one of them as playable and then the other one will be a dlc spirit okay and or me costume okay that makes sense yeah but uh yeah i'd, I'd say like you know obviously i'm not replacing one of my slots with yeah with either of these characters, but Crash or Spyro would be cool, and I think, I think they'd be on the level of like, whoa, mm-hmm. you know, like, like we were talking in a previous episode. It's like, what, what could really reach the excitement and surprise level right. of, of Banjo Kazooie for Western audiences and like the hero for Japanese audiences? That's true. And uh, and I I think I think Crash slash Spyro could approach that, yeah. like especially. Especially in this current speculation cycle, I think one of them would be really unexpected. Like, I, I, Sean Francis, would personally not be very excited about either of them, but I right. can see why a lot of people would be. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's he's like a de facto, like, Sony rep, yeah. you know? And, like, a quote-unquote Sony rep <laughs> being a Nintendo game, being in a Nintendo crossover fighting game before either of them even arrived right. in PlayStation All-Stars. They both missed that game. <laughs> mm-hmm. It felt so obvious that one of the, that they both should have been oh, in yeah. PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, and it never happened. Uh, so that that would be wild. You know, That'd be a wild pick, even if um, I don't have much personal attachment to Crash. Right. I have a little to Spyro. I played some of the old Spyro games back okay. in the day. It would also just be like the ultimate like cross play middle finger, you know? <laughs> like cross play this. We got two of your iconic characters in our game. Like uh so you know, uh, uh I guess if you want to do it Nintendo, I guess do it. Yeah. I don't I I feel like it's not actually happening. Yeah, same. Um but but you know, maybe while uh Nintendo was talking about Activision Blizzard, like you know, having that conversation like, "Hey, why don't you put Overwatch on our Switch and we'll we'll put Tracer in the game? <laughs> right. And Activision Blizzard was like, no, but how about we give you Crash or Spyro? Uh-huh. And Nintendo's like, hmm, that's some juicy spaghetti you got there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because Mario eats spaghetti. And that's why we talk about spaghetti at Nintendo Studios all the time. Princess, the spaghetti is so juicy. Oh, do you like it, Mario? No, it tastes like a fruit. <laughs> Why you do this? I just want tomato sauce. Tomato is a fruit, Mario. Not a culinary fruit, you <laughs> stupid blonde. That's an unfair stereotype, Mario. You ding dong. 
And I'm still hurt, but that's a little better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Not all myths can be winners, guys. Thanks, Anthony. (laughs) Thanks, Anthony. Uh, uh, yeah, good, good insights, Anthony. Good, good games. And, uh, we will forgive you for, for dropping a prediction into this episode. Yes, I, I think all I, is forgiven. I think I already kind of made one earlier anyway, like near the beginning. Yeah, and you know, you're just putting some juice in our spaghetti, as it were. <laughs> just livening things up a little bit. So that's our listener mail. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, thank you, Anthony. Uh, thanks to everyone that sent in mail. As always, we love getting that mail. Yeah. And uh, it's it's always nice to hear from you guys, so keep that coming in yeah if you'd like to know where else you can catch us uh a smashing theory is part of the beep boop group yes uh we have patreon patreon.com slash beep boop group and we put all sorts of stuff on there like an exclusive podcast Mm -hmm. called beep boop soup bonus content and deleted scenes the ability to have us give you special thanks at the end of all of our podcast episodes and more stuff like that. Discord access. Yes. And uh, and stuff like the exclusive podcast starts at $1 a month, which is cheap AF. <laughs> and uh, Bro. And at 5 a month, you get access to, to like a lot of the cool stuff like Discord and, yeah. and deleted scenes. If you like hearing us every couple of weeks, you can support us on Patreon to hear us some more. Yeah. And uh, if... Uh, if you want to consider supporting us, that's that's super appreciated, and we we love all the support that we get. So thank you. Yes, thank you to those of you who support us uh, by uh, patronizing us on our Patreon, and also who support us just by listening to us and contributing. Yeah, thanks for giving us those ears. That's what you did. You gave us those ears. I can't hear unless you send us questions. I had a really rough time before this podcast started, so thanks, guys. Next time on A Smashing Theory, <laughs> the hero and Banjo-Kazooie predictions. All right. Uh, so, obviously, we know that uh, the hero and Banjo-Kazooie are going to be in Smash Bros. Ultimate at some point. Yes. Uh, but we don't know exactly when. We just have some vague windows. Right. And we don't know all the details yet. We, we've seen glimpses of these characters' movesets and their stages but there's still some blanks to be filled in. Yeah. And uh and also like there's a lot of stuff we just barely know anything about like what soundtrack additions they're going to get, True. what their DLC spirits will be, if they'll come with any me costumes, mm-hmm. and if these updates will include other other modes or other features. It'll be a nice little return to form, you know, yeah. back to old style smashing theory character predictions. Yeah, bring in, we got some old school with uh, with kind of a play this resurgence. Uh-huh. I get some different old school with uh, with some smashing theory predictions about yeah. Smash Bros specifically. We're the OPs, original podcasters, and we're back. We were <laughs> gone for a while, but we're back. We've kind of always been here, but I guess we're back. Yes. Yep. If you <laughs> would like to contribute to these Banjo-Kazooie slash The Hero predictions, send us a tweet mm-hmm. at a smashing theory and follow us on Twitter while you're at it. Yes. You can send us an email 
to a smashing theory at gmail.com and uh and we will read your thoughts or your predictions about these two characters and the things surrounding them and uh and we'll read our favorites on yeah. the episode. You can even send us an email telling us to check Twitter and then send us a tweet. Yeah, you could you could do that. <laughs> I guess I <laughs> There's nothing stopping you from doing that. See? <laughs> there you go. You have your mission, my minions. <laughs> you know what to do now. Uh, smashing theory at gmail.com. A smashing theory on Twitter. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, I am. Are you sure it hasn't been enough of that for like the moment you started doing? Okay, so. <laughs> well, it did definitely enough of it now. Uh, all right. It's, um, it's more than enough of it. Our larders are full of it. It will ugh. last us through the winter season. What is a larder? Is that like where you put the poop? No. <laughs> uh, you know, among other things, it's where you put lard. Yeah. Uh, that you cook with. Oh, right. Yeah. Lard is not poop. Right. Oh, yeah. Lard's fat. It's like, yeah. It's lard, like, yeah, yeah. Lard yeah, turns into fat. poop. I mean, if you eat it. <laughs> Along eat, with everything gotta, you eat. <laughs> gotta eat that lard. <laughs> Hello, my name is Ernest Lord Poop. I am your professor of agriculture. <laughs> is hey, I think it's time for this episode to end. I, what makes you say that, Daniel? <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks, everyone. We'll see, we'll see you in a couple weeks with some banjo and hero talk. And in the meantime, I, Professor Lord Poop. <laughs> no, that's. <laughs> Hope you have a smashing time. No. I have a name now. No, finally, you're not. I've existed for over a year. You're not Professor Lardpoop. Professor Lardpoop signing off. That can't be your canon name. Goodbye. After all this time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Special thanks. Special thanks. Special thanks to Lonel. Thanks, Lonel. Thanks, Lonel. Thanks, Lonel. That's all we got. Thanks, Lonel. Yeah, we appreciate you. <laughs> Special thanks to Nymph. Thank you, Nymph. Uh, Nymph. Nymph, we just recorded a podcast two days ago as of uh, this recording, and I can't think of anything else to say about anybody. Oh, uh, I guess. So. Nymph was visiting us not too long ago, yep. and uh, and he thought that ACAB, um, oh, right, right uh, all cops are bastards. Right, uh, he thought that meant assigned cop at birth, <laughs> and uh, which is great. Yeah, I've just been calling things assigned cop at birth, uh, like whenever I think of it, and uh, it's it's great. Thank you for that gift, Nymph. Thanks, Nymph. Special thanks to my girlfriend, Amy Lee. Thanks, Amy Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, my girlfriend. She's great. Yeah. She she does good things. She's neato. Uh, she's super neato. She's swell. Yeah, she's... she. I, I swell in the heart area. <laughs> like, my, my heart swells. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, all right. 
<laughs> That's that that was what I was actually trying okay. to go for this time. <laughs> the problem is because of your history. Uh, I don't you, know. You what immediately you're... went to another place. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Special thanks to Leo. <laughs> that was really more of a dog. <laughs> that was like a like, a, uh, like a Scottish Terrier. You Thank, know? Yeah, thanks to <laughs> thanks to Leo the dog. Thanks, Leo the you, dog. You're a good boy. Yeah, go scratch you behind the ears for <laughs> all the all the nice things you've done. We're not going to do that, Leo. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you have done the equivalent of fetch us the paper, and I'm <laughs> so <laughs> grateful. Man, I guess dogs don't really fetch papers anymore. So, oh yeah, for the most part, it's all digital. Yeah, you you figuratively brought us our slippers, Leo, and uh, and I'm slipping my feet in there and smiling with a satisfied twinkle in my eye. I feel as though you figuratively brought us our slippers, Leo. That's one of those sentences where like you're the first person in the history of mankind to say that. <laughs> no one has said that before. So congratulations, Leo. Tork Tork McBork Bork, I like the Fork Fork. I guess that's another one. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's not as interesting when you do it on purpose. <laughs> hey, Leo. Some marble doobles. I'm Borger. Leo, things always tend to unravel at your point in the special thing segment. Well, at this point, we're all out of ideas. <laughs> So you I, just gotta say I, Leo Smarble Doodles. I, I think Smarble Doodles is a hell of an idea, honestly. It's you can't a, say we're out. I mean, and, it's something, but I don't know if it's an idea. That would be like if I said, hey, look at this dinner I made. And it was like tree bark, cinnamon, and pudding. Like, I sure. Mean, I mean, that's like, that's a, I feel like that's a thing. That's like, that's eggnog. I mean, I don't mean, like, cool, good tree bark. Thanks for the eggnog, Leo. I'm talking, like, some oak tree bark. If you want a special thank us... And some nasty pudding. If you want us to special thank <laughs> If you want a special thank us, you can do that anytime. Yeah, send us your special thanks. Right, yeah. yeah. Send us an email telling us to check out a tweet that says thanks. <laughs> 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 but if you want us to special thank you yeah which is really the you know that's the point that's why we're doing this part right now you can back us at patreon.com slash group yeah at the 20 dollars or higher level yeah. and uh and we will do this for you also we sure will it'll be great like eggnog yep which is not what i was making Oh, God. Stacey Eggnog. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Schmerble Doodle. What did you, what did you say? I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> <laughs>